Good morning, everybody. It's the Georgia Show AM edition. Myself, Rusty Mansell, joining you. And uh, we listen. We we came and talked to you yesterday with some completely unsurprising news. If you if you're a member over at Dogs HQ, Carson Beck's coming back, and that decision's in the books. Uh, we also found out just a little while later, in bizarre fashion, in in its own way, that that Dylan, Dylan Rayola is is also uh, flipping to Nebraska again. Not surprising. Um, but Rusty, I think that, that now, you know, for us is 12 hour rule. Georgia has 24 hour rule. We kind of had a chance to let our folks celebrate it for 12 hours on Carson Beck. Now it's time to get back to what's next for Georgia. And I, I gotta say this a couple of things before I give you the floor here. Bears mentioning again, Georgia's got one player on this roster that has to go. That's it. That's one guy that has to go. That's not the only guy that's going to leave after this year and go to the NFL, but but it is the only guy that has to. That's Tramel Walthour. Um, with that said, Carson Beck deciding to come back, certainly not going to hurt anybody else's decision, um, you know, as far as Georgia goes. Yeah, I mean, you look at the pieces there and, you know, some of those guys in that room, some of those, you know, we kind of talk about this on Dogs HQ on the message board, like Georgia kind of has, you know, had some – subtractions i guess some people leave uh now but they're going to be the other decisions to make after this bowl game so with those decisions obviously if you're on the offensive side of the ball you feel better knowing carson beck's going to be back and not having to worry about who's going to be a quarterback or you're not playing clemson with a guy that's never started so you know um there's there's that too so um you know you look at this whole thing you know the whole picture of this transfer portal and 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 how things are are, are playing out it's it's we're, we're about what we got about we're about all we halfway this thing just it feels like it's been open for six months i think we're about halfway because this opened till january the 4th so you look at this portal and it's still uh there's still a lot of what was that what you say there's a lot of meat left on the bone you're muted jake you're muted <laughs> Golly, grandpa over here. It's early, it's early man. Yeah, well, uh, it ain't that early. Um, yeah. It's interesting to me when you when you look at all of these different decisions, um, <clears throat> kind of what these guys you, – you, uh, it's, it's tough to know when they're going to get drafted. I mean, draft grades are, are one thing, but they're, they're, there's just no certainty. And, yeah. you know, unless you are – I mean, there are there are a few guys. I'd say well, – what would you say, Rusty? Probably 45 to 50 guys that have a really good idea. In every, and even some of those, it doesn't pan out. But about a 90% rate, those guys know they're going to go in the first couple of rounds. And then from there on out, it's kind of like, what does that pre-draft process look like for you? Because if it's great, then you can get a team to fall in love with you and you can jump. Um, if, it's, if it's okay, there's no telling. I mean, it's just – they can fall out of love with you real quick too. And, you know, I just, I look down the list for Georgia and, and obviously, you know, listen, I think we feel good about saying to some of these guys, Kamari Lassiter, Amarius Mims, Cedric Van Pram, Brock Bowers. Um, I'd, I'd bet everything I got and everything I could borrow that they're going to leave, that they're, that they are out. So where do you go from there? Uh, you know, it goes to Lab McConkie, Javon Bullard, Tyke Smith. Um, those are all key decisions. Um, what to you, Rusty, which guy to you is the most key decision? I mean, I, I we reported this a while back. You reported this a while back. Warren Brinson and, and Nazir Stackhouse, Tate Ratledge, those guys seem to be kind of, you know, 
at least a little bit leaning towards coming back at varying levels there. So if we jump beyond those guys, which one's the biggest decision from there on out for you? Uh, for me, it'd be one of two. Javon Boulder and Lab McConkey, because how they impact the game from different sides of the ball. But man, Javon Boulder's a baller. I mean, that dude is all over the place. And he has a knack for making big plays, turnovers, big hits, interceptions. He's a great tackler. I mean, it's just hard. He's a tough ass kid, man. You know, when you, when I talk to people over there and I say, What about Bull? And they're like, dude, Bull, they don't make him like Bull anymore. And he is just a tough ass kid. And he loves football, and he will strike your, you know what, every day in practice that you're across from him, you better be ready to go because he doesn't do things half speed. So if they get Javon Bullard back, and I made a note on the board on Dogs HQ today, I think people will really like uh, something I did confirm about Bull. So those notes just went up. If you're, you know, if you're a subscriber over there, if you're not, spend a buck, spend a buck today and find out. All this is one dollar. You'll get thirty days of it. So. Um, I think Lab McConkey, when healthy, is such a tough uh, person to deal with because of the one-on-one, his route running. He can get on top of you. He's got great change of direction. He's just a he's just a he's got natural ball skills. I don't know how else to explain it. You know what I mean? He's not the biggest dude. Uh, he just freaking makes plays. So those two, how they impact the game and how you have to prepare against those guys because of the amount of experience they have and how they impact games. Speaks to my skills as a, as a question asker to give you an out there and let you say both of those guys. I should have been like, you can't choose two. You can only choose one. There you go. You went and rode right on the fence like a stallion. That's, yeah. what, happens. That's what happens when you mute yourself this morning. It's like yeah. Devin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you rode that, you rode that yeah. fence like Seabiscuit. As soon as, you, as soon as you got muted this morning, you were in time. <laughs> hey, I got rattled. I got rattled. They got they they brought a, the 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 tech the the tech junkies brought a uh, brought a blitz on me, and I got rattled. I was never the same yeah. after that. Um, I, you know, if I had to pick one, I, I will go one. I I think it's Bullard. Um, you know, listen, I, I love Lab McConkey. I do, but when you start talking about the injury history there, I still, I, you know, if you know, as long as. You know, Dylan Bell, and, and and we're in an age, Rusty, where you just never absolutely positively know. Like, you just don't. And I'm not saying that I'm hearing anybody's leaving when I'm saying this, but, you know, I think if you get Dylan Bell, Ra-Ra Thomas, um, you know, uh, Anthony Evans, um, uh, you know, Dominic Lovett, all of those guys back and, and develop, I think Georgia can, you know, add guys to the portal, London Humphreys, you know, you brought up, a, you know, brought up another name, Today, as far as the wide receiver, you know, games going for Georgia in the portal and, and somebody Georgia's uh I think that one's I think that one's trending toward Georgia a little bit. The name yeah. I put on the this morning. Georgia making some hay there. I think Georgia can can get can get it going at receiver, especially with Carson Beck coming back. That was always the thing with me when Mike Bobo was at was at Georgia the first time was the experienced quarterback was was a bigger factor. Than, than you know turnover at receiver and 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 I always felt like that was kind of the bigger deal whenever he was calling plays at Georgia and I think with Beck coming back I think Georgia's going to be fine at receiver if it can stay healthy I know it would like to add some depth and some size um, but I look at Bullard and I'm just kind of like man you are you're about to you're probably about to have to put at least a guy who hasn't played much SEC football because if they go into the portal. Or a guy that hadn't played much football at all, you're going to have to lean on somebody at that position that hasn't really done it a whole lot. 
And uh, to me, not, not an I also easy look at it from Buller's perspective. Not an easy defense to learn either from that side. No, not at all. And I look at it from Buller's perspective. Like, do I think Javon Bullard played his best football in in 2023? I don't. I think he dealt with some injuries early on, and it took him a little bit while to get back to full speed, and and he played good down the stretch. He played well down the stretch. I think he can be – I don't think he's quite played that position as well as Chris Smith did at Chris Smith's best just yet. And Chris Smith had three or four years to play in that scheme and learn that position – I think Bullard can come back and have a standout. I'm talking about like a, you know, two or three, four pick type season with some big plays, especially now that that becomes a little bit of a second nature deal to him, um, you know, and working alongside Malachi Starks. And I, I think Georgia is is really, really good in that back half with that duo back. And I would say Bullard is probably the guy I would point to most as the one Georgia needs back. Uh, comment there. It's Denise Loper, I believe. Um I'm not sold that Brock is leaving. As much as I would like to tell you, <laughs> there's Brock's not leaving. That 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 would be the shocker of shockers. And and I think that everybody that has watched Brock Bowers for three years just appreciate what he's done for the University of Georgia. Appreciate who he is and how special of a talent he is. But Brock Bowers is about to be a top six or seven pick, and he's going to get about twenty five million dollars. So he is. His, his, his days in the University of Georgia are over with, and I tell you right now, he is going to be a legend. And it would not shock me, Jake, potentially, maybe in 10, 12 years. Who knows? That jersey may hang in that building because he's a three-time All-American. You know what I mean? And yeah, uh, I, I think the people that make those decisions know what he did to come back to play again for the University of Georgia. And I've said it 50 times, and I've said on our board, after the Alabama game, when I saw he couldn't walk, uh, that, that that just took me to another level on that kid. Like this dude is damn sure made different. I'd say I don't I don't think we've I don't know that we've seen him play his last game at Georgia yet. It's not going to show. No, I, mean, he might, I mean, I don't know about the bowl game. I I would lean not, but yeah. uh, you know, if there's a way that he can go out and play it, it, it wouldn't surprise me. But as far as next year at University of Georgia, no. I would be I would be extremely extremely shocked if he comes back. And, so. and before anybody says it, Kirby ain't telling him no if he wants to either, okay? I've seen that one a lot. Oh, my God. If Kirby does that, you need to fire him coaching malpractice, okay? You would never tell Brock. But number one, not you, you wouldn't tell a player that good, but number two, you wouldn't tell a player that carries that much weight in the weight room. You know, if you yeah. want to make this decision, um, I think Kirby and uh, – Brock Bowers have the same agent, so I think everybody's going to be on the same page here. You're not going to tell – you're not going to make a decision for anybody. Uh, I, I think that uh, Brock Bowers went with Jimmy Sexton, so that's uh, that's going to be one of those. Yeah, and you, you can't make these decisions for these players. You just can't – you can't do it. Like, I mean, any coach that does runs the risk of alienating himself from that player in the future, resentment, all that stuff. Like, can't make these decisions for these players. you got to make them do what they're doing. Listen, uh, over the course of – you think – I mean, Dabo Swinney didn't tell – Cleland Farrell and and Dexter Lawrence and and you know uh, the, the Christian Wilkins not to come back and those guys really had no business coming back either because they were elite prospects and Nick Saban's had a dozen dudes over the course of his time at Alabama who came back for their senior seasons because even when while being elite players probably some that actually got drafted a little lower than maybe they would have if they had been juniors. But either way, it's their life, it's their process, and and that wouldn't happen. Don't want to spend too much time talking about it because it's just fairy tale land. Brock Bowers is headed out, and our man Palmer Toms is probably talking to him pretty pretty soon over at 
Bernie Harris Lions Middle School. Uh, he's got a little football camp going on over there, um, and he is practicing. They move just so you know. Uh, they moved his. They moved the uh, thing around to fit there Brock Bauer's go. practice schedule, according to the uh, according to the uh, organizers of that deal. Well, you know, we talked about this. I, I, I want to touch on this for one one minute here, Max. But we've talked about this, and we've talked with Matt Godwin about this. We've had Matt Godwin, a former Georgia director, player personnel on. Um, one thing that Kirby himself put into this program was after that first year. Well, there was about three or four players that left this program and they had agents and they had people telling them they were going to be third and fourth rounders and they left this program and a couple of them went undrafted and one of them went to seventh round and they're all that never, none of them lasted. So the one thing that Kirby Smart did was at the end of June, at the end of July, every year, he has an NFL combine for his team. So you know exactly what you run in the 40, you know exactly how you're going to time out. And you know exactly how you would do in front of the NFL teams because they don't test them in college. You don't well, why test at that point. You don't have to run a 40 again until you go to the NFL. That's right. So so when Kirby Smart, you know, and put that into this program, that took away those agents' ability to say, hey, if you run this, you're going to be a first rounder. Well, here's your data. Okay. So here's what I ran. What do you think I'm going to go? So I thought that was great. And that's really helped some decisions with these young men because you get the feedback from the NFL teams based off where you are. And they know before the season starts, this is my shuttle. This is my vertical and this is my 40. So that's a great thing that, that Georgia does for that. It cuts that, yep. it cuts that, it cuts that street guy out of the, out of the equation, stay in that kid's ear. You're going to be a second rounder. You're going to be a second rounder. No, you didn't run a four, four, you ran a four, six, five. So it also gives them opportunity to know what they got to work on, which is a great yeah. thing too. So they know exactly where they are. And I've, I've told this story a billion times. I watched Nick Chubb train for the NFL combine. The dude counted his steps when he ran his 40. That's how technical those things are. Yeah. First time I ever heard about that was the track coach over at Cedar Shoals high school, a guy named Chester Rucker, yeah. big time yeah. sprint coach. And yeah. that was one of his big things was, was counting steps in the 40. And it's a, it's, that's a big deal, man. Um, yeah. Rusty, when when you when you look at this transfer portal, let's kind of reset things a little bit for folks. <clears throat> no additions officially. London Humphreys is a guy that Georgia's in good shape for. You've got a couple of names in your notes today that you feel like Georgia's in good shape for. Let's talk about positions here real quick before we get let everybody get back doing what they've got going on today. Maybe work a real job or something and do something that means something in the world. Um, position by position. Give me some answers here as I ask them to you. Wide receiver, how many do you think Georgia wants to take? It's according to the decisions of Lab McConkey and right. some of these other guys. You know what I mean? Because yeah. here's what people here's an easy thing to to comprehend on numbers. If this kid goes out, you can replace him with a portal. So if a wide receiver leaves, you got a number. You can make it a D lineman, you can make it an offensive tackle, but you got to know that X amount goes out and X amount can come in. There's no manipulating that. So you also got to figure in the early enrollees and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think a lot of that depends on, you know, I, I, I would say minimum right now, no matter what decisions they are, Georgia's going to add two uh, portal wide receivers in, in this class. Minimum. Yeah. And, and you know, you, another thing you have to look at there too is, you're not going to get a better one-year guy than Lad. So if Lad comes back, then maybe that's going to take a one-year. That's definitely going to take a one-year guy off your board. 
right. um, because you know that's that's just not feasible. All right, defensive line. What what do you you know? Because it sounds like Georgia might get one or or two, you know, key defensive linemen back. Um, what what do you think Georgia's going to do on the defensive line? Minimum two. Okay. Minimum, two, in my opinion. Um, just according how these decisions go, but I, I would say right now a minimum of two, and it might not be quiet too much longer on on, on the D line uh, for Portal. So just uh, tuck that one away or pay a dollar and read what I wrote today. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, now and then other positions. I think we're looking at uh, running back no um, is one. You know, Trevor Etienne's a guy that we've heard a lot about, and yeah. seems like Georgia's in pretty good shape there. Um, and then uh, you know, I, I think defensive back and offensive tackle or other two other positions you might want to monitor depending on what the options are, right? That to be somebody that the, the philosophy at Georgia is we're not taking a body just to take somebody, especially yeah. from portal, especially from portal. If you bring somebody in from portal, they are expected to play. They're expected to either play or be like, you've got to have that depth. So those would be the post bowl game decisions for me. Do what, do they lose a running back or two? Do they lose an old lineman or two after the bowl game? So those types of things will be decided there. And uh, another thing we, you, you also have to consider, too, is I can't get too inside baseball here with this because I don't know all the details of it, but certain portal guys, you definitely don't take them unless they can play because those cats might count against your number for a little bit longer than than other guys, too. So that's something you have to consider as well. want to answer this one question, Rusty, before we head out. Is uh, is uh, London Humphreys more of a slot guy, or are they going to put him on the outside? Outside guy all the way. I mean, I wouldn't rule out, you know, getting some work there, but he is a he is an XZ guy, in my opinion. I think Rusty agrees on that. Um, and listen, I, I'm I'm excited about what Georgia brings back from the wide receiver room just in general because I think Lovett and Rara are two guys that can be a lot better in their second year after having a season to learn and, and get involved with all of it. Dylan Bell obviously stepping into a bigger role. Um, Anthony Evans, C.J. Smith. Um, I think Georgia's got some talent at that spot, but they they definitely want to have six, seven, eight wide receivers who can really go. And um, obviously getting Lab McConkey back would be massive there. Getting London Humphreys would be massive and some other big names to keep, a, to keep an eye on in the portal. All right, guys, tomorrow is National Signing Day. We have not uh, – or it's the early signing period, but it's really National Signing Day. Uh, we have not nailed down what we're going to do as far as shows go because we're trying to figure out and coordinate what's going on and when. Uh, when we do that, we'll be making an announcement on our website and on Twitter. So stay involved there. But we will be coming back to you live tomorrow and Thursday um, to discuss everything National Signing Day, everything you know newsworthy. Uh, we got you covered. But for this episode of The Georgia Show AM, I'm Jake Rose, Rusty Mansell. Y'all have a great day. <laughs>